Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. J-E-T-S. Sucks, sucks, sucks. sucks. <laughs> I guarantee nobody will find a better intro to a podcast this week than that. Welcome into Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh Show. And if you can't tell, it is officially Jets Week. We got Barrett Brave joining us. It is the Wednesday show. We're going to get into so much to talk about. Teddy B starting for the Dolphins. Zach Wilson's back in New York. But before we get to all that, Merrick, Joshua, how are you guys doing today? I'm sad. I respect that. I respect I'm that. sad. We all this, are. This is my first opportunity to chat with you guys since the Tua Tungavailoa injury and then the, the subsequent witch hunt of Mike McDaniel and the entire Miami Dolphins organization. What else is new, right? Um, and it's just bumming me out a little bit. So hopefully we can get back on track this weekend against the Jets. Uh, a win would cure all ills, and I'd be feeling a lot happier after that. Yeah, I was starting to move on, but I think you just drug me right back into my oh, no. uh, downward oh, my spiral of depression. But uh, at least we get to have a get-right game against the Jets this week, right, guys? But uh, Jake, how have you been? 
Dude, I don't know what it is, but last week I didn't use my black book that much. I'm going to blame everything that happened last week on that. I'm here. I got a full page of notes. and I'm ready to talk about the Dolphins and the Jets. Merrick, you mentioned it. You weren't around with us on Monday when we talked about Tua's injury. So so let's do like a quick spark notes of that because I think this is a really important situation that everyone should be just kind of waiting and watching, right? You said it best. It's it's turned into kind of a witch hunt. So I, I just like to get your thoughts on everything that's happened. I, I think Tyree Kill came out and said uh, he saw Tua smiling ear to ear. I think there's a report today that the NFL, for some reason, is pushing to get this concussion report out before Thursday night football, which to me, that, that just makes sense to rush something like this but but merrick share with me your emotions well listen like football is a violent sport breaking news like (laughs) it is inherently violent and if you're going to uh basically call for any player who's ever been at risk of getting a concussion to retire then we won't have any players to watch anymore because Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. Tua wasn't the only player to get concussed in week four. Tua Mm -hmm. wasn't the only player to get concussed and then return to the game in week four. Yet everything with Tua is maximized to the nth degree um, because he's such a polarizing figure, which I don't even understand why, but he is. Uh, So people want to talk about it. It was a nationally televised game, the only game going on. So it's amplified. And of course, it was a scary situation, a scary sight. He had the fencing response. But, I mean, I think when this is all said and done, knock on wood, fingers crossed, you're going to find out that the Dolphins did everything the right way. They they followed the protocol to a T, and unfortunately, there may have been flaws in the protocol, um, which will be changed going forward. But in the meantime, you can't fault Mike McDaniel for listening to the doctor. It would be another thing if he went against the doctor, doctor's wishes and allowed Tua to re-enter a game when he clearly was concussed. But the doctor, who went to school for many, 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 many years, said Tua Tonga-Vailoa is not concussed. He can go back into this game. So uh, you can be mad at whoever you want to be mad at, but at the end of the day, maybe you just got to be mad at the game of football. So unless you plan on stopping watching the Dolphins, unless you plan on stopping watching the NFL – then I think it's time we move on. We let the report come out and, and we close the book and and uh, hopefully we kick the tar out of the Jets this Sunday and it'll help us forget about all of this. You know, I'm going to stay mad. You can't tell me not to be mad. I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I think I think we're all going to be mad uh, at all of this uh, for for a few more days, but then hopefully we can turn the page and and if we don't win on Sunday, then we can revisit these anger issues. <laughs> Then we're definitely going to be mad. I mean, I originally, you know, I was one of the ones that sat there and said, you know, that was a vicious hit. I mean, you saw the snap German that he put on him. I mean, it was a vicious hit, but you're right, man. It's football. This happens. Um, I think one of the good things is that it's coming out this fast. I mean, that should mean that the Dolphins probably did everything to a T, right? I mean, the fact that, you know, they found hopefully that nothing's wrong and that this is coming out so quickly. Because like Jake said, I mean, you want to do your due diligence, but they uh, they have it coming out before Thursday night football. So uh, we'll just all sit back, relax. And and, and now it's uh, in Teddy we trust, right? And that's uh, exactly sure. it. <laughs> we I don't know, have a choice, it. I don't think. Skyler, I mean, it's our fault for coming on the podcast and saying, you know, how thank you to her for coming back in that game. You know, we didn't get to watch Teddy Bridgewater. And now we're here with no other choice. It's also my fault because it was the first game of the season where I wore my Tua Tungavailoa jersey. So the jinx, the jinx streak uh, continues. Damn.
Before we get into some Teddy B talk, Josh, I'm, I kind of want to put you on the spot here for a second. I, I want you to take us inside the house for a quick minute because to this day, man, it's still so impressive how no matter what time of day it is, I'll be refreshing my Twitter feed and all of a sudden at the top, at house just has some clips just ready to go. Darth Cater out of nowhere on a Wednesday afternoon. I mean, I refresh YouTube at H-A-U-T-Z. There's always something new. So, so Josh, you, you've released a lot of interesting videos this week, but I, I'm curious, can we get a little behind the scenes look at what you're looking for, what type of information you're trying to pull out of these clips, uh, because you're watching what there's what a hundred and let's say 50 plays in a football game. That's a rough average. And you're watching all of them over, you know, probably five to 10 times. So can you take us through that, man? Because I'm always so impressed when no matter what it is, I'm always seeing you chopping up highlights. Yeah. Well, I gotta, I gotta admit, I stay up late at night and try to cut some of these up and then I schedule them throughout the morning and, and this and that, but um, you know, depending on the games, I, I always have to do the quarterback. You always got to do two. Uh, people were asking for Teddy Bridgewater. And then I think mm-hmm. we all could see with our eyes, you know, Darth Cater looked impressive this week. Uh, I did some Javon Holland stuff. So, I mean, it's kind of those star players that kind of stand out throughout a game. I'll admit I go through and kind of skip around. So I might capture every drop back and miss some run plays. So I'm not doing as thorough of a job as I'd like to, but I mean, um, it's awesome to be, to sit there and do these cutups and then you know throughout the day i got an email today about the zebra sports thing that i'm tweeting out you know tyree kill ran the most uh yards throughout the entire week you know of his career high and then teddy bridgewater having the longest pass so um different things like that but it's awesome to be able to dive in especially now that nfl plus is working a little bit better at least a little bit better and he has more games to kind of just bite into where you're not just, you know, squeezing all the juice out of last year's games too. Uh, you kind of segued it perfect there. You mentioned it. Teddy B had one of the longest passes of the week. Tyreek Hill was running all over the field um, and then retracing his steps. So, Eric, I think one of the most interesting quotes I've heard this week came from Teddy Bridgewater where he said when he was with the Saints, you know, he quickly learned, like, I, I can't be Drew Brees. You know, in Miami, he learned, I can't be Tua. You know, he has to be Teddy Bridgewater. He has to be Teddy Two Gloves. So, to me, man, my, my biggest question is, can he give Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle the opportunities needed to have them be successful and have them be that superpowered offense we know they can be? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, Tyreek made his preference known this offseason that he prefers a quarterback who's accurate over a quarterback who can sling the deep ball. And we saw Teddy throw a, a nice 64-yard bomb to mm-hmm. Tyreek against the Bengals, but also – a, a kind of a, a hidden superpower of Teddy Bridgewater is that he's, he's a fairly accurate quarterback. I think he was one of the, one of the top five most accurate quarterbacks last season when he was playing with the Broncos. So if you're going to find somebody to replace Tua and kind of, you know, I know Teddy said he's his own quarterback, he's his own person, but kind of replicate what Tua can do. Teddy Bridgewater's not a bad backup option. And clearly he was Mike McDaniel's preferred backup option, because if you remember this off season, Mike McDaniel kind of said with a with a wink and a smile after they had signed Teddy that unbeknownst to everyone, when McDaniel was giving the qualities that he looked for uh, in a backup quarterback, he was really talking about Teddy Bridgewater the entire time. So he's Mike McDaniel's hand-picked backup quarterback option. And, you know, we didn't want to see this scenario play out. I think we were all hoping that Tua would would play a full 17-game season. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened, and it'll be the Teddy B show, Teddy Two Gloves show on Sunday in New York, uh, New Jersey, really. I've been to that stadium. It's drab. It's like, it, it's yeah, it's gray and, and just very uninviting. It's, it's gross. And I had food poisoning when I was there. Uh, for I had a different type of poisoning when I was there, but we won't go into that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, 
I'm kind of interested in that. But uh, <laughs> anyways, you know, he he was he was Mike McDaniel's handpicked guy, and he has he shares a lot of the same attributes that Tua does. I don't think his release is as quick; it's a little bit more uh, slow developing. But I would love to see some wide receiver screens this week. How about you guys? I mean, watching that uh, uh, yes. that Rams 49ers game on Monday, I kept thinking to myself, man, the 49ers do a really good job of getting the ball to their playmakers, i.e. Uh, Debo Samuel and George Kittle and these fast, quick screens and let the let the playmakers get some yak, get some yards after catch here. And I would love to see that as an extension of the running game, which has been relatively poor through the first four weeks, uh, at least as far as uh, their per carry average goes. Uh, but I'd love to see that. I'd love to see them get the running game on track this week. I think all of those things can help Teddy uh, have a good game and be successful against the Jets on Sunday. Yeah, people got upset when Mike McDaniel said, you know, Teddy shares some of those attributes that Tua does. You know, you mentioned some of the accuracy. I like the way Teddy, you know, when things kind of break down, you know, you see him scrambling out of the pocket and trying to make Mm -hmm. something. So um, I can admit I was once one of those guys, you know, back when Tannehill, we all kind of gave up on him. There was a time when I wanted Teddy Bridgewater in Miami very bad. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, fired up in Teddy. We trust 33 and 30 as a starter. He mentioned today during his press conference, you know, we always joke about these being revenge games. This is technically a Teddy Bridgewater revenge game, right? He mentioned (laughs) how the Jets saved his career. You know, he didn't really, he wasn't mad that they traded him away, but because he understood the business. But I mean, they kind of rejuvenated his career. And um, he said today, you know, this is the most firepower he's ever had at his disposal. So, um, you know, there might be a slight drop off. We mentioned in the last pod, Jake, you know, these aren't Madden ratings. These guys are not the same. Tua, you know, he showed that he's a better quarterback, at least in my opinion, Teddy Bridgewater. But Bridgewater has shown throughout his career that he can get it done. And again, with what, nine days to prepare for a Jets team that, you know, um, you know, we kind of feel a little bit meh about. I don't see why Teddy Bridgewater with these weapons can't go out there and execute. But, um, you know, then we have all those problems on defense that we'll talk about later in the pod. Yeah, man, you mentioned that firepower. Tyreek Hill leads the league with 477 receiving yards. Incredible. The Chicago Bears, as a team, have 471 receiving yards. That just kind of goes to show how much fun it is to have Tyreek Hill on your team. And two, I think the biggest question here is, can Miami's offense have that sustained firepower? You consider the fact that the Dolphins have 15 plays that have gone 20 yards or more uh, through the air on, on passing plays. So you wonder if Teddy B can keep that and sustain that, you know, roughly four big passing plays a game, maybe a couple less. And, and I guess the biggest key, man, is, is you look at that that Bills game. He was out there three snaps and he did not want to be out there. And then he comes back out Thursday night that final drive, I knew he threw the, the the pick that kind of ended it, but he had that fantastic 11-yard scramble where he really uh, made chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what. So to me, those are two of the biggest keys. And Josh, I think, no, Merrick, it was you. You brought up the 49ers and how nice everything looks. And I can't help but watch them and see how beautiful that rushing attack looks. I mean, just the way, you know, you have guys pulling, it just looks so clean. You don't even have to be a big football nut to see that something different's happening here. Obviously, at Miami, Mike McDaniel's doing his old thing. But I got to ask you guys, can this good-looking rushing attack that we've seen for weeks stop catfishing us and we actually get some good results? Because you consider the fact the team only has five rushing plays that have gone at least 10 yards. They're only one of five teams to do that. Is Raheem Mostert going to switch things up a little bit? Because we see him taking over the whole, whole uh, uh, running back room, more or less. So, guys, help me out here. 
Well, I just, I think McDaniel wants to get the ball in the hands of his weapons. You know, Jalen Waddell, Tyree Kill, those guys, those guys are stud players. And you want to feed them targets. You want to, you know, you said it yourself, Tyree Kill leads the league in receiving yards. He's actually on pace uh, through a full 17-game season if he stays healthy and keeps up the production that he's currently uh, producing. If he stays on pace, he's going to be, he's going to, he's going to catch for 2,000 27 yards. I wrote that in an article this week on the Finsider, but he, he's on pace for over 2000 yards receiving, which is insane. But I think that has a lot to do with it. And then I think, you know, I hate to go back to it. We've talked about it a couple of times when I've been on, but the tight ends in Miami do not block like the tight ends in San Francisco block. Kasiki just had Mike Kasiki. Yeah. He was he like PFS highest graded. <laughs> I, I think will jump on this, damn it. <laughs> Mike Kosicki's best blocking day would be one of George Kittle's worst blocking days. So small victories, but those don't equate to uh, large rushing yardage production games from Dolphins backs. So until that gets figured out, and who knows, maybe Seathan Carter can come back and Hunter Long can come back and those guys can help and contribute in that area. But right now, Gasicki and Durham Smythe are just not getting it done in the run blocking department. Uh, and when you run the outside, outside zone scheme, you need your tight ends to block well because the running backs are trying to run outside of those tight ends. So, you know, maybe we can clean things up and maybe shift to more of an inside zone. I don't know. I really don't know the answers, but hopefully Mike McDaniel does because he's supposed to be a run game genius. Uh, and while I'm not you know, trying to complain too much about McDaniel because I think he's been a fantastic addition to this team. And his his offense is so much more fun to watch than any offense we've probably ever seen as Dolphins fans since the Marino era. Um, I do think this is an, an area that could help uh, Teddy Bridgewater thrive if we can get this running game going and could help us pick up a W this week and then again next week if Bridgewater is forced to start in place of Tua if Tua's not back yet. Yeah, and you mentioned the tight ends being kind of, you know, bad blocking Greg Little and Liam Meikenberg are not helping anything either um, you mentioned hopefully Mike McDaniel has an answer he actually spoke on during his press earlier we need to have really a better commitment starting with me and the plays that are called and we need to have better execution by everyone really on the team including the quarterback at operating those run plays so um, hopefully they get together I think now we can all see that it seems like Raheem Mostert starting to take over that job I'm going to keep Chase Edmonds out of my fantasy lineup because every time I do, he scores a touchdown. But um, <laughs> I hope they can get on track because, I mean, that was one of the things that, you know, you kind of heart emojis. We all love Mike McDaniel, what he brought to this team, you know, what he the prospect of it. But we all thought that run game was going to come in. And, you know, I, I don't want to say copy and paste, be what San Francisco was, but I thought that they'd have a little bit more success in some of those big explosive plays. Like you saw Jake tweet out earlier in the week. I think the Dolphins have, what, the, the least amount of explosive big run plays or something like that, Jake? Yeah, they're they're right near the bottom. One of five teams with less than averaging less than two a game, which if you know 10, 10 yard rush, I just mentioned it. Teddy Bridgewater did that in a single drive. Barrick, I'm gonna give you the final word here. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Moster, who plays more this weekend? Uh, you know, Edmonds had that touchdown against the Bengals, but he also dropped that touchdown against the Bengals. And that just it really it ticked me off, man. It was a perfect <laughs> pass. That was brutal. We were answering the Bengals opening drive. We were looking to match their energy and, and carry the momentum, you know, along into that contest. And he just dropped it and we settled for three and things just felt off from that moment on. And little did we know what was just getting ready to happen with the Tua situation. But, uh, you know, Mostert is a, a really good pass blocker as well. So if he's going to continue to do that, and if we can get him involved in the screen game, 
and the check down game, which Teddy is a little bit more apt to do. Um, I really do like Mostert in this game, and I think he might he might break out in a big way. That's what was frustrating about Edmonds, though, right before that drop in the end zone where, again, he was wide open. I mean, he had a nice little quick slant where he had a diving grab, you know, to get the Dolphins in there down by the goal line. So um, I, I don't know, man, that was backbreaking. And then even the Teddy Bridgewater, we talked about how big of a pass that was, you know, air yards, this and that. They didn't even punch that in. So I hope that this uh, team has been practicing in the red zone this week because we do know that Tua Tungvaluwa is pretty damn effective down there. And uh, last week, Teddy wasn't. I like that. Let's let's go to a break with that. And on the other side, let's jump into Zach Wilson and his return to the New York Jets. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay snack It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay snack bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. As I look at the Dolphins' schedule in this big picture view, uh, I can't help but think of the movie Grown Ups. You know, it was Rob Schneider introducing his daughters. We had Lamar Jackson. We had Josh Allen. We had Joe Burrow. <laughs> And now we get that final daughter in Zach Wilson, guys. I don't know what's happening here. Uh, I think we've seen a defense that has really given a lot and has taken some back. It's, they haven't been the best unit, but I think using that metaphor of Rob Schneider's daughters, I think Zach Wilson is that perfect get right. The Dolphins have had a lot of challenges against opposing quarterbacks, uh, but Zach Wilson, his second game back, I think this is an opportunity for this Dolphins defense to really show, hey, uh, we're, we're pretty good despite the competition we've been playing against. I don't know about daughters, but I know Zach Wilson is into moms. I hey, think there I, it is. <laughs> I think I read I that somewhere, yeah, somewhere yeah. on Twitter, but uh Hey, Zach Wilson, his second season, That this isn't the same Jets team as last year. I think a lot of Dolphins fans are coming into this one maybe a little overconfident. And hey, man, you got to be confident. You know, it's football. It's just a game, whatever. But but this is a different team. You got Brees Hall uh, in the running back room, and he, he went to Iowa State. I live in Iowa. know a lot about Brees Hall. That kid's a stud. They added Garrett Wilson to the wide receiver room. Elijah Moore... Uh, torched us last year mm -hmm. um and, and we may be going into this game without Xavier howard in addition to byron jones who is not ready to come off the pup list oh and by the way keon crossen's banged up too so even one of our replacement fill-in players is going to be at less than 100 percent. like this is it's getting scary here like it, i'm starting to get nervous about this one uh last year Xavier Howard was ruled out of the Jacksonville game in London mm -hmm. at, during pregame. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, you know, the Jaguars are a bad team, but I'm just, I'm having a bad feeling about this one. And then sure enough, 
the Dolphins lost to the Jaguars. And, and now we head into Sunday's game, and a lot of people are still confident in Teddy and the offense, and you should be because it's a good offense filled with a lot of a lot of star power. But that defense without Byron Jones, possibly without Xavier Howard, with with a banged up Keon Crossan, and 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 you know starting you know rookies and and possibly Noah Igbenogany, who knows? Uh, it, it makes me feel a little uneasy going into this one, and I'm starting to get that same little. Bad feeling. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, little... you could have said it. <laughs> I, I just picked a word that rhymed, I believe. Queasy yeah, you, and uneasy. You were setting me up <laughs> to say how queasy I was feeling. And you're right. I mean, the leaves are changing and it's starting to look like Halloween around here. I mean, we all are still confident in the Dolphins. I mean, I, I guess they really haven't given us any reason not to be. But if that secondary is banged up, like you said, I mean, I did the video on, you know, Cater Kahua. We all loved what we saw out of him. But, you know, you expect him to go out there and then try to shut down an Elijah Moore, a Garrett Wilson, uh, yeah, Nick Needham, who, you know, struggled a little bit. And then Keon Crossan's banged up as well. I mean, um, I hope Xavier Howard can go. I think that's kind of where this whole thing has to start, right? I mean, we need Xavier Howard out there. Um, not to get too far spun out of control, but how disappointing is the Byron Jones stuff? I mean, um, you kind of hoped you would hear he'd be coming back this week. You know, you saw him working out pregame a few days ago. It, it sucks, especially, I think, did this all go down, like, right around when the Dolphins had, you know, rumored interest in jc jackson or am i mistaken yeah no you're you're right josh all of this smells a little bit fishy uh you know there was talks about the dolphins wanting to trade byron so they they could get jc jackson or possibly cut him and then all of a sudden like we all wake up the next day and it's like oh byron jones had offseason ankle surgery like late in the offseason and it's like wait a second you've been sitting on your couch for two months uh doing nothing and then all of a sudden you hear that you know a portion of your salary could be in jeopardy and, and hey man get your money but uh it was the timing of it all was a little bit fishy and like like legitimately guys brian robinson running back for the commanders survived in a, a murder attempt was shot in his legs twice as a running back in the nfl uh last i checked you use your legs to run uh, and he's going to return to his team a hell of a lot faster than Byron Jones, who had offseason ankle surgery, is going to return to the Finns. Like, what are we doing here? It kind of is a little bit of that Michael Thomas feel from last year, where just the team and the player aren't completely on the same stage. I, I don't want to speculate too far. I'm hoping we get him back soon because I think he is a stud when he's out there. You know, he uh, is it. He's probably that step below Xavier Howard, but what he may, doesn't have in that blanket coverage. He's a hard hitter. And when he's on the field, he's physical. And I think he adds that extra dimension to the defense. Guys, I still cannot believe nobody's talking about the fact that Xavier Howard's agent said he had two very, two, very, very two. hurt yeah. groin muscles. Every, everyone keeps saying groin injury, but his own agent tweeted in, in response to pro football talk, I believe that he's yep. suffering from two severe groin injuries. And uh, I mean, we all saw what happened when he was one-on-one -on -one with T Higgins, uh, in the Bengals game. And then we all saw him with Bateman, ice, yeah, with Bateman. And then we all saw him with the ice pack wrapped around his legs, standing on the sidelines. And I think in that moment, I think we knew, even though we had a 15, 14 lead in the fourth quarter against the Bengals, I think we all knew that that wasn't going to last with Xavier Howard on the sidelines like that. And I'm just, I'm nervous. I really am with Byron Jones out and Xavier possibly out. And even if he's in, he's certainly not a hundred percent. Like this is the games in New York. This is not as much of a slam dunk game as people on Twitter, Dolphins fans on Twitter would lead you to believe. 
Can I start weaving the spin zone? Can, 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 ready to get the optimism going? Ready to get Let, the blood pumping? Let's go. Let's hear it. One of the craziest fantasy football things I've seen early in the season is like you're just going through waivers or whatever. And, you know, um, and, and the NFL app, it says they're ranking among position players right next to their picture. Nothing shocked me more than seeing Joe Flacco's miserable face and seeing the fourth highest point getter in terms of quarterbacks in the NFL. This Jets team with Joe Flacco would not stop passing the ball. They dropped back more than any team in the league. Zach Wilson, when he came back, that's when I start to get a little interested in terms of, I don't think this Jets offense is going to be what we've seen. I think there's going to be some nuance. I think there's going to be some Brees Hall action. I think there's going to be a lot of him, and I'll get to that shortly. Uh, but Wilson, we saw that offense be a little bit more balanced. And the big question is, will they let it fly or will they continue to ease Wilson back in? We've heard the stories. I'm not going to go through all the names. I forgot them all. Uh, the, the tackles. I mean, the Jets are on like their third, their fourth. Uh, string left tackle. I believe their first round pick who was a guard last year, Elijah Vera Tucker, if I remember correctly, he actually played tackle for the Jets last week. So what something we've seen, Jalen Phillips, his pro football focus grades have been great. Emmanuel Agba has too. I know pro football focus isn't the end all be all, but when you see those pressures, when you go back to that Bills game and you see Josh Allen having to climb through the arms of four people to escape tackles, I don't know if Zach Wilson can really do that. So I wonder if the stats we've been seeing, the the smoke from this uh, you know, room that has Melvin Ingram, who is a defensive player of the month. How are they going to contribute to kind of protecting the backside, those cornerbacks? Because one of the biggest things Robert Sala said, he, he was praising Wilson for sticking in the pocket against the Steelers, for being that hard nose, that tough guy who's going to take a hit. I, I don't know if that's going to work as well against the Dolphins. Well, here's uh, your fake-ass doctor report of the episode here. <laughs> yes! But, uh, before, before we logged on to record this, uh, I did get a, a notification that the Jets did activate uh, tackle Dwayne Brown off of IR. Okay. So we'll see if he plays this weekend, but also Zach Wilson was limited in practice today with an ankle injury. So I guess that's what uh, being a big boy and standing in the pocket gets you, it gets you an ankle injury. So maybe that hobbles him a little bit this weekend. He, he does have a propensity for being able to escape pressure and, and kind of create some of those razzle dazzle highlight plays. Um, but if he's got a bum ankle, maybe not. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with all of that, but you're right. We need to, we need to send the blitz. We need to pressure Zach Wilson. We need to take him down and uh, and not allow him to escape that pressure like we did against uh, a Josh Allen. And Zach Wilson is, is no Josh Allen. Uh, don't get it twisted there. But if we can do that, that's where this defense has a shot with or without Xavier Howard. But I'll feel a whole lot better if it's with Xavier. Yeah, same. Wilson threw the ball 36 times last week. I joke he's the Mormon Manziel. I mean, like you mentioned, dude, he can make some plays out of nothing. So um, that's, you know, the mobility that's kind of uh, hindered the Dolphins. I, uh, you guys mentioned Brees Hall earlier. I mean, that guy's a stud having a few fantasy leagues. I think, you know, with how well the Dolphins front sevens played, how well they've done against the run. You know, if you can eliminate Brees Hall for Zach Wilson to stand back in that pocket, be that statue that Robert Sala hopes, you know, hopefully good things will come. The Dolphins will get more of those sacks. I think they had, what, one last week, Jake reminded me, Jalen Phillips had one. They need to get to the quarterback, and this would be a great week to do it. Again, Zach Wilson, and one other thing to note, the Dolphins have won 10 of the last 12 meetings between these two teams. The last one being 31-24 win last December. So, and the Dolphins are also looking for their first four and one start in 19 years. So I had to get those off because uh, we're being counted down. This is like the Oscars when they start playing that music. And for the casual football fans, your world just revolves around the Miami Dolphins. 
You might be wondering, hey, the Jets just spent a very high draft pick last year. Third round pick, Michael Carter. Nope, it's all about this year's second round pick, Brees Hall. So I really hope the Jets keep investing these high picks in running back. I'm all for it. <laughs> but Merrick, I'll have you wrap us up with this because Josh mentioned the the stud Brees Hall is turning into, and he's not just doing it as a runner. He's doing it receiving the football. Uh, his usage has gone up every week. Uh, Hall is second in the league in RB targets. And over the last two weeks, he has nearly a 20% target share for that offense. So Merrick, give me the basically uh his strengths his weaknesses how you can slow him down and if he's someone that in his rookie season can command control dictate the outcome of a game like we might see on sunday yeah he absolutely is he's he's a fantastic player i was so bummed when the jets drafted him because i wanted to cheer him on wherever he went i was hoping miami it wasn't wasn't meant to be we don't spend draft picks on running backs here i don't know I don't know why that someday is. we might um, maybe maybe <laughs> we who could we we could have had J.K. Dobbins we could have had Jonathan Taylor don't do but... it please <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would get you but uh, one thing that the Dolphins are going to need to get better at and we talked about this last time was on but last time I was on but they need to tackle better the first guy to get to the ball carrier needs to bring him down so if you don't do that against Brees Hall with his receiving prowess he's going to eat you up all day long. So our linebacking unit, uh, our defensive backs, we need to be able to rally to the ball carrier, bring them down when the first guy gets there. Um, and, and we'll see if we can do that. Cause if we don't, again, it's going to be a long day in the Meadowlands. Yeah. Real quick. The injury report came out to Ron Armstead, Seathan Carter, Keon Cross and Xavier Howard, Melvin Ingram, Robert Jones, Tua Tungavaloa and Jalen Waddle did not participate Jerome Baker, Brandon Jones, and Zach Steeler were limited, and then the other guys were full. But, uh, again, Xavier Howard's that big one on that list. I hope he can play. Even Keon Crossan at this point, all right? We just need bodies out there because if, uh, if we're depending on no Igbenogany, I mean, it's going to be a sad day. And we got to assume that Teron Armstead, Melvin Ingram, those – Always assume, we're assuming. yeah. We're we're making asses out of everyone here, but we assume those are Ingram was a vet. Days. Yeah, Ingram was a vet rest. They don't have that for Teron Armstead, but as we've seen, it's the toe. I it's think he's battled through okay. it. Still looks better than any left tackle we've had in years, right? <laughs> With nine toes, that's just how good he is. With nine toes, we should make that shirt, Teron Armstead. <laughs> With nine toes, <laughs> best thing since Jake Long. At mbrave13 on Twitter, Merrick, thank you so much for helping make our Wednesdays a little more fun. Prediction? Should we give him a prediction oh, quick before it gets uh, out? You're going to put call. me on the spot. Over-unders at 40. I think the Dolphins are three and a half point uh, favorites on the road. I guess that's the right way to say it. I I wish I could give you a definitive answer. I, I really want to keep eyes on this injury report. I'll tell you what. If Xavier plays, I think we win. If he doesn't, Unfortunately, I'd have to predict a loss. I think it's going to be relatively low scoring, all things considered. So I'll go 23-20 if, if Zavian plays and 23-20 to the Jets. 23-20 to the Dolphins if Zavian plays, but 23-20 to the Jets if he doesn't. And it pains me so much to say that out loud. So if it... Xavier Howard doesn't play and the Dolphins do end up winning at Embrave 13. Just go ahead, start yep. yelling at him. <laughs> I'll, I'll accept it too. And you know what? I'd, I'd be more than happy to be wrong in that scenario. I'm for it. I'm all for it. I hope Dolphins score a little more than 23, but you know, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll talk about that a little more on Friday. I'm a little disappointed that someone on the pod 
didn't think the Dolphins were going to go undefeated this year. That's outrageous. But Merrick, I, I just said it, but I'll always say it again. Thank you so much for helping make Wednesdays a lot more fun. And to all our listeners out there, thank you so much for letting us be part of your Wednesday or even your Thursday if you're just getting to this show. Be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at H-O-U-T-Z for Houts, at Embrave13. I can be found at jmetal 94 for Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show, thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll be back on Friday with our preview. But until then, above all else, fins up. Fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins.